God's design for marriage is found in Matthew chapter 19. Jesus said, at the beginning, the Creator made them male and female. For this reason, a man will leave his mother and father and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. Welcome to By Design from American Family Radio. Glad to have you with us today on this episode, this By Design episode, brought to you by American Family Radio and American Family Association. That's what you're listening to if you've tuned in is the American Family Radio Network, or you may be listening uh, via our By Design podcast, which we have available at our website, afa.net forward slash by design. I'm Walker Wildman. My wife is co-hosting with me. She's becoming a regular here on By Design. Okay. Lexi Wildman, <laughs> my wife. Yes, hello. The, the last name was redundant because you're my wife, but uh, my wife's yes. name is Lexi, and she's here with us today, with me today, not with us. She's here with me today co-hosting the show. We've done this a couple times in the past, but it's always good just to see your face at work. Thank you. Likewise. <laughs> <laughs> and the... Topics we've discussed in the past, uh, the episodes we've covered here, we talked about how to uh, resolve conflict, conflict resolution, and we've also talked about how to uh, uh, have a servanthood uh, mentality and an attitude of servanthood in your home. So those are the two uh, podcast episodes we've done in the past. But uh, for those of you who don't know, the By Design Project that is is hosted and operated by American Family Association is aimed at highlighting and uplifting God's design for marriage and family. One man, one woman for life is the motto of our By Design Project. And so we're trying to counter what the culture tells you about marriage and family and, and all the uh, negative and the, the uh, oftentimes uh, distorted uh, views and definitions you get of marriage and family. We're trying to focus people back on what God says about marriage and family so that we can help uh, to, to have a fruitful society and help the church of Jesus Christ uh, be fruitful and multiply as Genesis tells us to do, as God tells us to do in Genesis. But what we're going to talk about this episode, Lexi, is we're going to talk about the societal benefits of marriage and family. And we see, and you've been a public school teacher, you're a a teacher at our local church now, a preschool teacher, and we see in everyday life um, really the, the, the negative effects of the breakdown of the family, and the breakdown of the family meaning uh, the the breakdown of God's design where you have uh, broken homes, where you have single parent homes. And we want to minister to those people as well, uh, but we, we can't also deny at the same time um, that broken families, broken households ends up leading to negative consequences for society. Yeah, and, and I think um, adults that are in that situation don't, necessarily realize or it's later on when they realize um, the effect that they it has on their children mm-hmm. um, and then like you said in the school the 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 teachers are with the kids all these hours and then they go home to their parents and so it's it's easy for um, someone who spends a lot of time with them to be able to pick out, you know, the attention that they're craving or whatever it might be um, that has resulted from uh, this broken 
home life. Yeah. Yeah, you know, the I mean, it's clear, and I've said this before, many of our cultural issues, many of um, the, the, the issues we face as a society, and even within the church, many of them, if not all of them, go back to the breakdown of the biblical family. Because anytime you disrupt uh, something that God has designed and his order, it always leads to, to really at least a human suffering is what it ends up leading to. And so we see that here. And, and America has really been, uh, we're at a, at a very low point in our country where, um, you know, the, the divorce rate is very high. I think some studies show it's, it's over 50% even within the church. Uh, the divorce rate. And so that's very disturbing. And we have to, uh, the government, and I talk a little bit about this in my article, which we'll uh, we'll make sure we post on the By Design website, afa.net forward slash by design. But government really has a vested interest, or it should, in ensuring that marriages and that families are promoted and that they are, it is incentivized to have a healthy one man, one woman for life marriage. Mm-hmm. And the, because, and it's, you have to be careful here because we're not, we're not saying that government should be meddling around, you know, too much in the church business and, and, and marriage and family. But government has always, throughout human history, has always promoted things and institutions that benefit the nation and the country as a whole. Um, and so when you see, um, uh, broken families and broken homes, uh, the government ends up having to step in, and that's where you have welfare and you have high crime and high drug drug uh, drug sub- and substance abuse issues in uh, in in the culture and the society and in your cities. Yeah, one of the um, studies that you quote in your article um, is it's the 2011. U.S. Census Bureau statistics showed that 12% of children living in intact families were living in poverty, 12%, compared to the 44% living in poverty from broken families. So it, it has a direct correlation there. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. And and the reason we're, we're, we're mentioning this is because uh, we know that, 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 that couples often have issues in their marriage they have we're all humans we all sin we're we're, the fall of adam and eve affects each and every one of us and what what we're the reason we're bringing this up about the societal benefits the overall benefits to ensuring healthy marriages and healthy families is because it we're trying to encourage you to stay in the fight to not give up on your spouse on your children because things get tough um, and oftentimes, uh, divorce and other other issues are couched as and, and presented as well. This doesn't affect anybody else; it just affects uh, the individual right. or the couple. Uh, but Lexi, clearly, from what all we're talking about here, um, divorce and, and and broken families ends up affecting more than just the individual. It does, and. Like you said, um, we live in a fallen world, and so divorce is going to happen. Uh, We are a broken people, um, 
But when we are Christians, when we come into the faith in Jesus Christ, then we realize that we don't have to, we will always be broken, but Jesus makes us whole. And Mm. if we allow him, then he helps us to have a different mindset than the world. Um, And in Matthew 19, um, Jesus is being asked about this divorce situation. And he, like he often does, goes back and quotes the Old Testament. But then, and then he adds, though, what God has joined together, let no man separate. And so I think, you know, he, he uses it there as I have a man and a woman. They've come together to commit themselves. It is a commitment. It is a um it's a covenant. A covenant. That's God. what I'm looking for. Yeah, yes. Between God between and Between God and between you two. And you think about when you get divorced, then you have to go get a lawyer. I mean, it's a big deal to get divorced. Sure. Well, society tries to make it not a big deal, but it is. You're, you're breaking this covenant. Yeah. Um, and we know that there are, um, you've helped me to see that there are biblical reasons that are set aside to allow um, divorce, but that is because of sin. Mm. So when God originally put man and woman together, it was without sin, and His design for it was for them to stay together. And as I was thinking about this, I'm thinking, okay, one and one come together to make one. Yeah. Which really that should be one plus one equals two, but sure. we come together and we make one. Then when you break that apart. One divided by two, we're going two separate ways, is a half. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, so then you're you're left with not as much as God intended for it to be. Yeah, that's exactly right. And 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 marriage is not supposed to be easy, but but if we will lean on God, and we'll talk about more more about uh, we talk about more aspects of marriage and family and other episodes about how you know how to work through conflicts and how to have a a fulfilling uh, marriage in Christ and in Scripture. Another another uh, study that I wanted to um, to bring up when it comes to the societal benefits of marriage. There's uh, there's a, a the 2013 uh, the Heritage Foundation put out a report uh, stating a pretty obvious fact in 2013, and that is at the time. Over 40 states in the U.S. recognized marriage as a union between one man and one woman, and that's according to the Heritage Foundation, as I mentioned. And so I I go on to note here in my article that part of marriage is family, and family consists of married couples along with their children. And this, uh, when you have over 40 states, and if you read that now, you would think that's not true. How can that be? But... There's a reason that many U.S. states recognized the bond between one man and one woman, and and it was a government-endorsed and affirmed unity and relationship and contract uh, because everyone from from really thousands of years ago, society and governments have recognized one man and one woman with the the bearing of children has been a great societal benefit. And another thing that I want to talk about is how when you have intact families, when you have mothers and fathers 
um, married in a stable household that it really makes other people's jobs in, in, mm-hmm. in culture and society so much easier. For example, Lexi, when you were a public school teacher, you know, public teachers, uh, uh, teachers have to deal with when students bring their home life and their, their issues at home into the classroom. Teachers have to deal with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really it really distracts from the primary role of the education system, and that is to teach children and to help them learn and grow. And when you're having to discipline, that really distracts from your primary role. Yeah, and to that I would add, um, they are all children are children, and so they're all going just like you said, your role as an educator is to grow them and teach them. Um, and that is academically, and that is socially, and that is emotionally. We are working together to help this child or the children uh, learn how to function in the world. And so even if all 20 of your kids come from, a, come from families that are intact, you'll still have um, problems that you have to address throughout the day. But I think um, it's the child's response to your um, correction or your, you know, uh, trying to get them back. Discipline. Yeah, to your discipline uh, that is the problem, you know, or what makes it hard when you have to take away time to then explain why you're disciplining them. And let's just be honest, single parents when they pick their kids up from school and go home, they're tired. Yeah. <laughs> so so the aspect of disciplining your children, which is commanded in Scripture from God, that um, is shifted to the side mm. because we're tired and we don't have time, we feel like, um, which I can understand, but that's part of the sin that's yeah. brought into the world. Yeah, and, and if, if, if parents... And talking to speaking to ourselves here, um, if we will fully embrace our role as husband and wife, father and mother, and properly discipline and instruct our children, as the Bible says, to raise them in the fear and admonition of the Lord, it will really relieve a lot of these tensions and a lot of these issues that are faced when your children do go out, and not just right. not just uh, the public education system, but when your children go to church on Wednesday right. night or Sunday or whenever you want to fellowship with other believers, when they're visiting a friend's house, when they're growing up and looking for a job. I mean, the way you train your child and your children, really, uh, it really pours out and affects all of society and culture. And, and so, go ahead. I was just going to say, and... and uh, teaching them to respect authority because I think that's the issue there is not that they don't want to be told not to sit down, but it's because they don't want someone above them telling them that. So even for us with our boys, as I'm disciplining them, then I train them how to respond to my discipline. And when they don't do it the right way, then we talk about why that's not right so that then when they do go into their schools or, like you said, into church, whatever, when someone in authority tells them, corrects them, then he knows, okay, I'm supposed to respect that 
even if I don't like it, even yeah. if I want to keep doing what I'm doing, I keep I want to keep running around the room. But she has told me no, so I'm to respect that and then follow in her instruction. Yeah, and that type of that type of respect for authority that that should be in our homes, yeah, should be um, that that right there is critical um, because we see that there's this. Um, there was a 2006 study that um, this is a 2006 study by Sarah Hofferth. She's a researcher and a sociologist, and her, her research, her extensive research, concluded. This is a quote here: concluded that children living with both biological parents had significantly fewer behavioral problems than living with only one biological parent. Um, so that the, the 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 research is there that uh, one one man one woman for life having both parents in the home greatly greatly benefits um, society as a whole. And another thing I wanted to mention, that Lexi Lexi mentioned this when we started the show, but I want to reread this uh, the economic statistics of of people of children raised in single-parent homes versus those raised with both biological parents in their home. This was according to the U.S. Census Bureau, but 12% of, of children living in intact families were living in poverty. That's that's kids living in two-parent homes, both parents in the home, compared to 44% of children living in poverty from single-parent homes or broken families. And so, I mean, you're talking about uh, one one. A study that I looked at the other day uh, said that that this issue of of single parent homes and the welfare system and the government having to step in uh, cost U.S. taxpayers upwards of a hundred billion dollars a year in 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 finance financial aid uh, because where when a mom and father when a mother and father break apart uh, that causes a financial strain mm-hmm. on the family. And on the children, and so someone has to step in, and oftentimes that's the government. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to talk about a little different aspect. You talked about the financial portion of it, um, but I look at it and say, kind of going back to the um, you know discipling your kids part of it. But so when we, when a family, a mom and a dad break apart, then one of them is left caring for the children full-time. Usually the mom, however, there are circumstances where it's the father. Mm-hmm. But God created us, male and female, with different strengths. And then he put us together because together we work to build our children up, playing off of our strengths. Mm-hmm. And so as I was looking at this, I thought it was very interesting that... In the Bible, it references fathers when talking about disciplining. Um, Ephesians 6, 4 says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Colossians three twenty one, Fathers, um, do not provoke your children. And then two others in Proverbs, it talks about a father's instruction to his son. Hmm. And then in Hebrews 12, it says, 
Besides this, we have had our earthly fathers who have disciplined us, and we've respected them for that. So then we go on and we have respect for the discipline that our heavenly father brings us. So I think about that. Um, and in Proverbs 1.8, it says to keep your father's commands and do not forsake your mother's teaching. So then you look at command and teaching. Command as a verb means to order or direct with authority. Mm. Teach is to show, guide, conduct. So when you look at those, you have authority and then you have guide and one lends itself to having a gentle stance, whereas one is more, and it says firm. It, authority. Yeah. It's firm. Authoritative. And so when we take a father out of the home, then the mother is having to take on her tenderness, care, and teaching, as well as the disciplining, the firmness yeah. that a father is supposed to bring. Well, that's two weights on one person, and and, and vice versa. If it's exactly. the other way around, yeah, yeah. yeah. There, there's a uh, mothers can't be fathers, and fathers can't be mothers. That's clear. And I'm glad you brought up those few scriptures because, and there's many more right. that that instruct us on marriage and family, dozens if not hundreds. But um, this is what we can't lose focus of, and we cannot lose focus, and that's the whole point of this program, this by design project, as we can't lose focus that marriage is a unique, special institution that was created by God himself. Right. Uh, We want, society wants to stretch marriage and the definition of marriage uh, to try to turn it into something that it's not. Right. And to try to turn it into what man wants it to be, which could be a hundred different things. Mm -hmm. Uh, But marriage... God's way uh, gives us clear direction on the role of a father, a mother, a husband and wife, and the role of children and our overall purpose. And and that is our overall purpose in marriage and raising a family is to glorify God with everything that we do. Yes, and I like in your um, article to your point about we can change it, society wants to change it and add to it and, you know, whatnot. And you say, but that doesn't equal marriage because it's already set. And man, isn't that good about God that he is constant and he doesn't contradict himself? It's all, it's never changing. What he has said stays the same. Um, And I find good rest in that because I know what to expect and I know what to um, aim for. Um, yeah, and that's God, just good. <laughs> yeah, God's values are clear. God's priorities are clear in Scripture. And, and this this even goes out to other issues that we care about here at AFA. I mean, this goes into the life issue. And when does life begin? Scripture is clear uh, that human life begins at conception. And so it should be valued and protected from the very, very beginning. And so uh, as a society, um, it's really important, and Abraham Hamilton III mentions this in some of his talks, so um, this is not original to me, but, you know, Abe talks about creating culture, about Mm -hmm. how believers, how Christians in the church, how we are to create culture, create culture based on biblical truth, because um, we have to, as Christians, we have to project and proclaim and teach God's design for marriage, because we have to get others 
everyone as a, as a as a society and culture to begin embracing and accepting God's design for marriage. And Lexi, we're really at a point uh, in America where this idea of one man and one woman marriage for life is rather countercultural. It is, um, and you know, you talked about in one of your studies about it being in Christians, the divorce rate in Christians and in non-Christians. Um, but, you know, if you're an unbeliever and you hear that God says one man, one woman for life, then you're probably not going to take too much. You're not going to hold that with much weight mm-hmm. because you're in the dark. And God tells us that uh, his word is hidden to those who are in the dark. But when you come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ as your Savior, then he opens your eyes to see new things, um, to see the world in a different perspective. Um, and so then, then you see one man, one woman for life. And then you realize that that's a command from God and that God rewards those who follow in his commandments. Mm. So one man, one woman for life, you know, if you're in the world, you might say, well, that's boring, you know, or whatever. But when you're in Christ and you realize the importance of this marriage, it's so good. And God continues to bless you and your family and those around you as you walk in obedience to his plan for your marriage. Yeah, that's why it's so important. And, And in this episode of By Design, this is our By Design project or by design podcast you can go to our website afa.net forward slash by design and there we have uh, short videos that will encourage you in your marriage we also have great articles that you can read to help uh, support you in your marriage and lastly you can catch and listen to these podcasts the podcast that you're listening to now you can listen to that on our website by going to afa.net forward slash by design, but but Lexi, you make a good point because we are primarily called to a marriage and to family because that's God's design. That's what He desires for us. But there's also numerous other benefits to that. And when you see the societal benefits, those equal healthier families. Mm-hmm. and healthier relationships. And so, yes, this is primarily about um, about honoring God with our lives, but also with that comes blessings, right. as you mentioned, where God blesses those. And, and, and when he talks about blessings in Scripture, he's not only talking about spiritual blessings, but also physical blessings. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that we're going to be prosperous, um, and this is not a prosperity gospel or prosperity message, uh, but naturally when you see... When humans, when God's creation, when we abide in his will, when we follow his commands, when we obey his word, that naturally produces uh, earthly benefits in the here and now. Uh, but more importantly, uh, there are benefits that we see and we'll, we will see in heaven in eternity. Yeah. And so we're, we're striving for this. And then to your societal benefits, okay, it's good now. And just like um, broken families trickle down, well, then we also, as we are encouraging um, believers who are married to, like you said, keep fighting for your marriage and keep pushing through and learn how to interact with each other, then our kids see that. And then they go into their marriage with this um, 
this mindset. It's a multi-generational effect. And then it keeps going. Yes, it's a huge blessing, folks. So the work you're doing in your marriage and the work you're putting into your family and with your spouse, it it not only has eternal benefits, but it also has benefits here on this earth, uh, benefits and blessings that come from God himself. So folks, keep fighting for your marriage, keep fighting for your family, and we'll see you next time on By Design. 